once Nika lets us know that she has uh, moved on and found somebody she's interested in to start a family with, maybe I'll find a, (laughs) (laughs) she's laughing, (laughs) but maybe I can find an old galaxy smartphone and give it to her as a a baby shower gift. She can use (laughs) as a, as a baby monitor (laughs) if and when (laughs) that time ever comes. That time ever comes. (laughs) Only Jesus knows. Right. (laughs) You're listening to the snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, aka Brother Tech. And this is Nika Montford, aka Tech Savvy Diva. And you're tuned in to the Snob OS show, the show for Apple Snobs, where we talk all things Apple. And then some, we want to thank you coming back. This is episode 122. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week. The Apple event uh, was announced this week and they released a whole lot of different products. So we're going to jump right into it and get into Apple's spring loaded event, which we last week we speculated at what the spring loaded meant. Was there some hidden meaning uh, no, not really. Just found out that they were announcing a lot of stuff. <laughs> I Maybe think, that's where the loaded came in. Yeah, from. I think I think and that's probably where the spring is with the colors of you know. Yeah, yeah, that all, they've introduced. Right. So there's a whole lot of different colors going on, and there was a lot announced. Like you know, Nikki, you mentioned. Uh, for those who don't know, we were actually on the Daily Tech News show this week. We've become pretty much regulars when it comes to a major Apple event where they bring us on the show and we talk, do a recap of all the things that Apple was announced. So definitely uh, check out the DTNS show where uh, Tom Merritt, Sarah Lane, and the rest of the crew kind of go over the tech of the day. Uh, Specifically, like I said, we're brought on anytime any sort of Apple event comes out. So we'll definitely put a link in the show notes for you to check them out. Make sure you tell them snob OS sent you if you leave a comment. So definitely do that. But like I mentioned uh, this week, Apple spring loaded event, uh, they finally went through and did that. So we're going to quickly uh, run through all of the products and services that were actually announced. Uh, was that uh, on Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday. Probably, yeah. So, the 20th, 420. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. 420. Right. So I didn't hear. Did you hear? Any sort of uh, hints or any sort of uh, Easter eggs as it related to uh, 420 in the Apple event? Because I didn't catch any. I didn't catch any at all. All right. Maybe all right. But they're in California. You'd think they'd slide something in, but right, right. not so much. <laughs> all right. All right. So the first thing I wanted to highlight was there is a new uh, iPhone 12. And when I mean new, it's exactly the same with the exception of there is a new pretty purple color so i'll go ahead and switch over to the show so i can show you this actual new color so if you can see that it is a very very pastel uh purple color for the iphone 12 and the iphone 12 mini other than that everything is exactly the same i mean that is definitely an attractive color i just wanted to get your take on this new iphone 12 are you plan on switching up or do you know anybody in your family that may be interested in this new this new color yes so uh one of my good friends she's in the android space 
Um, she's not a huge iPhone fan. Um, and her family was mostly, you know, Android. Her two sons have now come on over to the right side of, of things. They're, you know, all, you know, iPhones, Macs, and all that good stuff. Um, and they've been trying to coax her. I've been trying to coax her for a while, too, to come into the iPhone family. And purple is her favorite color. And when I saw it, I was like, are you convinced now? <laughs> and um, she was like, oh, man. And she was like, you won't believe it. One of my boys just texted me and said, now, come on, come on <laughs> over. So we'll see now that it has the pretty, pretty color. And both of her boys are are on iPhones, if she will, you know, make the plunge and, and come on over to iPhone. Okay. All right. So, yeah, like I mentioned uh, that's that's the extent of the new iPhone 12. This is around the time when Apple normally announces their product red version of their iPhone devices. But they I think well, I'm pretty sure they released the product red back in September when they announced the iPhone 12. So this is around the time when they do that product red. But I guess they decided to do the Easter purple <laughs> version yeah. of the iPhone 12. All right. All right. So let's uh, move on to the next thing that we're talking about uh, for Apple is AirTags. Now, we've been talking and talking and talking about AirTags, assuming for the past year at every Apple event, they were going to announce new AirTags. But finally, they have announced them. Uh, they are exactly what everybody thought they were going to be. There are small circular. Let me see if I can show you an image of those two. They are small um circular devices you know sort of look like a a watch battery but basically mm -hmm. what these are is you can actually use them to similar to the tile system to where you can put them in a purse you can put them in your wallet you can attach them to your luggage you know you can attach them to your backpack and actually use apple's find my service to actually locate uh these small devices which then of course will locate your products, whether it be a bike, whether it be luggage, purse, you know, what hat. have you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hat. What I've even seen, I've seen a picture to where somebody, uh, a third party retailer actually made glasses. You know how you can put those um, uh, string on the back of the glasses to where you can take your glasses off and put it around your neck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So somebody, a uh, third party retailer actually made like that type of string within the very back, there's like a, 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 you know, a circular to where you can put the air tag in that to where you, you know, you don't lose your glasses or your and sunglasses. People who wear readers. Yeah, exactly. Perfect sense because they are, I know my mom is always looking for hers. Like, where are they? Yep. 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 So, uh, the air tags use a, uh, replaceable battery that according to Apple lasts approximately a year before you have to replace the battery. Uh, air tags will be, uh, $29, you know, individually, or you can buy them in a four pack for $99. And there are accessories, as you can see on the screen, you know, Apple has their own, um, uh, uh, keychain connectors and actual loops that you can attach onto bags, backpacks, and luggage, and even have some expensive Hermes or Hermes. Is that how you pronounce Hermes. it? Hermes. Um, uh, accessories that are pretty pricey. I'll say the cheapest thing I saw was like $299, I think for a fancy strap. But you know, if that 
tickles your fancy, you can go ahead and do that. You know, I think Belkin has some uh, less expensive accessories that you can um, for the air tags. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty actually- sure some more third party folks are going to be coming out right. with things as well. And just to put it in perspective, Hermes, that is the company um, that does Birkin bags. Oh, is that what that is? Okay, yes. gotcha, gotcha. If anybody knows what a Birkin bag is? It is the purse that every woman, not every, but lots of women covet and um, usually run you anywhere between 10, you know, starting around 10,000 per bag. Okay. So, so and that's, those are on the smaller side. So, all right. So maybe a air tag accessory could be your gateway drug into <laughs> Hermes. To say you have an Hermes. Yeah, exactly. I could, I could see I, that. I could definitely see that being a thing, right? Because they make, well, I mean, you know how people ahead. love their Gucci belt. So right. this could be the Gucci belt equivalent. Right. And uh, Hermes makes some, uh, watch bands as well. So this mm-hmm. makes sense for them to make air tag accessories as well. Uh, one of the cool things about air, air, ta- um, air tags to where the, you use your iPhone, of course, to where, you know, you, it pings your, you know, pings the location. And in addition to just doing like a approximate location, like you can see on the screen, it'll actually give you more specific details as far as location. Like in the screen, it says, you know, you pull up your phone and it'll actually show an arrow 20 feet to your right. So if you're walking around your house or if you're walking around the park or if you're walking around the airport and you're trying to find your products, instead of just getting like a ping with a location on a map, it'll actually point an arrow in the general direction of the air tag and give you more specific information. So I thought that was pretty cool. I wonder if there's any audio kind of built into it. You know how if find my iPhone, it does. If you lose like your AirPods or something, you can ping them. You know when they find they play a little song or something like an audio uh, something that says you're close and it's nearby. Yep, yep, it does. Uh, so as you can see on the screen for those watching, oh, you can find it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For those listening to the podcast, I'll just go ahead and read this. Uh, this uh, blurb from Apple on AirTags. Misplacing something like your wallet doesn't have to be a big deal. When it has AirTag attached, you can play a sound, the built-in speaker. Uh, you can play a sound on the built-in speaker by going to the new items tab in the Find My app or say, hey, Siri, find my wallet. If it's hiding nearby, like under a couch or in the next room, just follow the sound and your search is over. So like I said, similar to AirPods, sim- similar to you know a couple other Apple devices, this will play an audible sound. Uh, I did a little bit of more research, and this sound, if your AirTags are in a, I don't know what the actual distance is, but if like, we'll just say, if your AirTags are not in your general area for a three-day period, I think this ping sound will automatically go off. And it'll start mm. pinging. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that may be a setting that you can change in the settings, but that's just cool to, that, that it's intuitive to where if it's not near your iPhone or near, you know, one of your Apple gadgets for a matter of minutes or days, in this case, it'll actually automatically uh, go off and uh, help you find it. Right. Right. And I want to say during the, during the um, announcement that Tim said, that it's for a, a specific phone. I'm trying to scroll through to find which version that it is. 
compatible with? Um, I want to say the iPhone 6S and up. So if you have, yeah, I think so. Um, I'll definitely do a little bit more recent research into that, but I think, uh, all your, um, iPhone 6S and up. But in addition to that, I just want to do real fast. Um, it is water and dust resistant and you can actually, uh, get these engraved, uh, with your initials, with emoji, whatever the case may be. So if you have a specific use case for it, you can actually get it engraved for that as well. So again, like I mentioned, uh, $29 a piece for the air tags. If you want to get the four pack, which seems reasonable since there are multiple things, you know, if you think about your wallet, you think about a backpack, you know, you think about your keychain and maybe something, other product that's four devices right there. So hundred bucks for four of these seems like a pretty good uh, deal. Uh, pre-order start this Friday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, you may want to hurry up and go to Apple's website. But for those who are listening early, you've got a day or two uh, pre-order start this Friday and they will be available April the 30th. Yeah. And just to, I did look a little bit deeper. And so it's the precision finding capability that is only limited to iPhone 11 through the current version. Oh, okay. So I was wrong. So iPhone 11 and up. So, okay. All right. But it, I think that's just for the precision finding, meaning the, the arrow got you directly pointing to you, but I would, I'm trying to find for certain, but I mean, it, it would have to be, you know, compatible with, you know, at least iOS 14. Right. Right. Uh, but you may just not get the detailed um, precision what do they call it? Precision. Yeah. Precision finding. Precision finding. And that may use that. The- and I think it may use that LIDAR uh, camera. Uh, mm-hmm. um, that'd be my guess. But again, it could just be some, some other with the uh, new chip that comes in the iPhone 11 and up. Yeah. All right. All right. So the next thing we got up on the notes is uh, Apple TV 4K. Uh, it uses a new A12 or the most latest rather A12 Bionic chip. Uh, it has high frame rate HDR, which is also AirPlay supported. So if you have a iPhone, <clears throat> excuse me, an iPhone that has the high end HDR, you can actually stream that to an Apple TV and there will be no loss in quality. Uh, one of the cool things that comes out with the Apple TV 4K, uh, the latest one is it has color balance feature with iPhone's light sensor. So basically what this does is on the Apple TV, if you have a compatible iPhone, you can use the light sensor in the iPhone to actually hold it up to the display and the Apple TV will actually talk to your iPhone and calibrate the display specifically for the Apple TV for the most optimal viewing experience. So you can get deeper, deeper blacks, you know, brighter brights, and it'll just basically calibrate your Apple TV specifically using your iPhone and it's the light sensor in the iPhone. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a new Siri remote that kind of uh, (laughs) answers the (laughs) questions for all of the people who are complaining about the touch only um, Siri remote. And I'll actually, let me see if I can go and put a picture of that on the screen as well. So you can kind of see the new remote. So you can see it has the click wheel at the top when the current versus the current version just had that 
a trackpad area that a lot of people, they couldn't tell if they were in the dark and just trying to feel around if they were mm-hmm. actually clicking something or not. So you actually have the click wheel added and it actually has touch within it as well. So for those like me who really didn't care about the, uh, uh, I actually preferred the actual touch feature. You can actually use the touch feature within that click, click wheel as well. Uh, the remote adds the power button and on the side, it has the power. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me switch that. Uh, the power button is on the front and the, uh, Siri button to where you, yeah, yeah, the Siri buttons on the side, uh, actually adds a mute button as well. So you can actually use this remote, you know, with the power button, the, and the mute button as your TV remote, of course, provided you don't have to change any inputs. So if you mm-hmm. just have the, your Apple TV connected to your regular television, you don't have a Roku, you don't have regular cable, you don't have a gaming system that you have to flip between the inputs, you can actually use this as your television remote. Yeah, um, and it seemed to be I was surprised. I'm not a, you know, an Apple TV person. You know, I have Apple the the app that I can, you know, cast to my TV or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he seemed to make a point of it's two separate buttons now for power and for mute. And I was like, are people really were they really going up about that? Uh, I, I guess so for him to call it out. Exactly. It would say, you know, enough people complain about Apple stuff to where, you know, they said, all right, we can actually uh, make that improvement. So they did do that. Um, another thing about the Apple 4K TV Again, 179 for the 32 gig version, 199 for the 128 gig version, which in my opinion, I normally just stick with 32 gig versions because I'm not doing a whole lot of storage. But if you are a gamer, like you actually use the Apple TV to do gaming, uh, you may want to consider the 128 gig. Again, pre-orders start. It's, 20, a- it's only 20 bucks more. So yeah, right. Uh, pre-orders start April 30th. And uh, they don't have an actual shipping date for Apple TV 4K. They just said available in May. I think they said the first two weeks in May. May. Yeah. yeah, for that. All right. So let's get to the next thing, which is, let's see, we are on the M1 iMac. And I, I changed the screen and I need to go ahead and change it back. <laughs> so I can show you, show. right? Because uh, you actually want to look at this because they've actually done a lot of changing to the actual iMac. So mm-hmm. if you, for those watching via YouTube uh, on the screen, we have the 24 inch M1 iMac. So the uh, iMac has the new uh, M1 chip added to it. It is super thin Um on. They've added up to, let me count these Colors one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, a total of seven different colors you can add to the iMac. Um, They have a lighter version of the color on the front and on the back panel with the Apple logo. You can actually see the full color, a super, super thin design so much so to where uh, uh, somebody pointed out to where they you had they Apple had to put the headphone jack, the three, three and a half millimeter headphone jack into the side of the uh, iMac because in traditional iMacs, it was around the back, but they mm-hmm. had to put it on the side because the iMac is so thin. So thin. Right, right. The that three and a half millimeter jack almost takes up most of the width. Right. It's right. very little, you know, 
margins on either side of that jack. So yeah, yeah. that should let you know how thin it is. All right. So uh, some of the features, uh, it has the, it comes in 24 inches. I think in previous versions, they had like a 27 inch like, and a 21 and a 21 inch. So they uh, standardized the 24 inch 4.5, 4.5K True Tone display. Uh, has a 1080p FaceTime, so the front-facing camera. So if you're doing Zoom calls, you're doing Skype, you're doing uh, Teams meetings, like we all are doing all day long. You, you know, you got a pretty, uh, a beautiful 1080p image now. Um, it has a three mic array for you know filtering out background noises. So you know if you've got an active household, like sometimes mine is, to where you know you're doing calls, that that mic array will just get your sound and won't pick up anything in the background. It has a six speaker system array with spatial audio and Dolby Atmos. So if you think of spatial audio, that's what's being offered in the AirPods and the AirPod Max to where certain uh, uh, um, content to where you know you if you move your head or move around the sound will follow you around so that that uh spatial spatial audio is included and has the new dolby atmos um the m1 imax starts at 12.99 and the uh there's another upgrade for the 14.99 version that includes a ethernet port in the power adapter so if you think of your traditional mac that has the power brick uh, for the 1499 version, it adds the Ethernet port within the um, in that power adapter. Uh, you also get USB-C ports with the 1499 version and you get gig- gigabit Ethernet. Uh, in addition to that, you get the uh, magic keyboard with touch ID. So that's the difference between a 1299 and a 1499 version of the iMac. To where, you know, on the keyboard, if you get the magic uh, keyboard, it has the touch ID so you can make purchases. You can log into, you know, certain applications, get access to certain processes, things of that nature with the uh, touch ID. So and like I and mentioned, you can, go ahead. And you can get the accessories now, the trackpad, keyboard and mouse in these vibrant colors as well right right so i switched over to apple's website and they the all the imacs are doing a pretty little dance and but you can actually see all the different colors there's a red there's a blue there's that purple that we mentioned for the iphone 12 there's an orange color there is a uh and then a traditional silver color if you want to go you know traditional apple colors so definitely we'll put a link in the show notes so you can actually see all of those pictures and like uh nika mentioned with the uh, some of the colors, uh, you get the matching uh, magic keyboard that has a similar color. The match the matching magic mouse and a magic trackpad as well. So you can get if you pay for the fourteen ninety nine version, you'll get some of those uh, colors that match the iMac as well. All right. And um, I think for the twelve ninety nine, it only comes in four colors. And I think looking at the graphic that Apple posted for the twelve ninety nine, you can only get it in blue, red, green, and the traditional color. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if you pay fourteen ninety nine, that's when you get the, the access to that. Yeah, exactly. The full rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So moving right along is the iPad Pro. So they have announced a iPad Pro, but this time they've added the M1 chip in the iPad Pro. Now, it the iPad Pro doesn't come with Mac OS. So, you know, logically I would think okay, if they're adding the M1 chip in the iPad Pro, that mean can I run Mac OS on my iPad? 
<laughs> no, no, no. You know, Apple wants to make sure they differentiate between their MacBook line and the iPad or the mobile line. Right. But they have added the M1 chip in the iPad, which gives it, you know, uh, some of the features, a liquid retina HDR display uh, with 120 megahertz, uh, not megahertz, 120 hertz refresh rate. Uh, which consists of like 10,000 mini LEDs in the 12.9 inch version of the iPad Pro. So that all adds up to a beautiful display. Um, it comes with the center stage technology. And basically what that is, is the front facing camera. If you're doing like a zoom event or if you're just recording video, the center stage will track your location to keep you in focus no matter where, no matter where you move. So it actually tracks and pans camera pans around. So if you're like, for instance, you're doing like a cooking show and you're using your iPad pro as the camera center stage technology will track you as you move to the refrigerator, to the stove, to the sink, mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. Um, the, that camera is a 12, uh, 12 megapixel ultra wide camera, uh, comes with a Thunderbolt USB connection. So you can actually connect a 4k up to 6k resolution external monitor. Mm -hmm. uh, the iPad Pro comes with 5G uh, connectability. So that was only available in the this year's iPhone 12. Now you get that in the iPhone. Uh, the iPad Pro comes with up to two terabytes of storage and it comes with up to 16 gigs of RAM. Again, that leads me to believe why can't I put Mike OS on this? Because I've got uh, two terabytes of storage. I got a 16 gigs of RAM. I've got the M1 chip, but again, like I mentioned, you know, they want to make sure to differentiate. Maybe eventually they'll get there. But for now, you know, if you want true Mac OS, you're going to have to stick with a MacBook or a Mac iMac or the Mac pros that are currently out. Uh, the 11 inch starts at 799. Again, if you want to upgrade to the better uh screen you have to move up to the 12.9 inch and that is starts at 1099 again the ipad pro pre-order starts on april 30th and again ships in the second week of may so is this something you'd be interested in getting the ipad pro or you waiting on I'm that not, go ahead i'm not sure i really want the larger screen m1 macbook pro and i was hoping we'd at least get a date during this event, even if it is, you know, closer to the end of the year, but they didn't really give us a date. So I'm kind of in on the fence. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think with the fact that, uh, like I mentioned before, they, they've kept iPad OS on this, even though they've got the guts to run Mac OS seemingly. Um, I think, you know, I think a lot of people are going to, you know, uh, if they are interested in the M1 uh, Apple product, most people will probably wait for the, uh, well, we've either opt for a MacBook, you know, or they're going to wait for to see if they're going to announce like a 15 inch. Uh, but right. Since the fact that you can uh, connect this to an external display, you know, it comes with that snazzy. Uh, magic folio keyboard that comes with the trackpad. You know, you can't actually use this as a standalone computer provided mm -hmm. that you need to do everything that a iPad or an iOS app can uh, supply, which Apple did a good job of, you know, 
bringing out all the stops. They brought out uh, um, Photoshop. They brought out some popular games, all of the services, Adobe, you know, Creative mm-hmm. Cloud. A lot of their services are in the form of an iPad or an iOS app, rather. Uh, all, Microsoft 365, you know, your Word, your PowerPoint and your Excel, you know, all Procreate, of Procreate, I think I saw on there for those who are artists and draw and all that stuff. Right. All of those services run on iPad via a app. So there are a lot of services out there. I can't think of too many that aren't. Um, if you think of your, if you're looking to run like um, Premiere, Premiere Pro, or you're looking to run, um, oh, geez, this, the name escapes me. Uh, um, some Max, um, oh, Max uh, Audio and Mac and the Apple's video versions. Uh, I can't think of the name of them, but if you're looking to run some serious video and audio like tools? no um That's audio i can't think of the name of it <laughs> it'll come back to me somebody let me know uh what is the name of apple's version of their audio stu- uh, audio software and their video software i use the video software all the time i can't think of it final cut i couldn't think of the name of it if you're going to run final cut pro the high-end stuff you may want to stick with the mac os but all that to say most of your you know, traditional, we'll call them civilian (laughs) services, you know, you can pretty much get away with, with a high end iOS app. So again, you know, definitely something to look into if you are looking to be mobile, but you want that full functionality, this new M1 iPad pro, a lot of people may just jump on, which the price isn't that much. Now I, I saw somebody, um, who tweeted out, if you were going to outfit the 12.9 inch, iPad Pro with the two terabyte version with the 5G uh, and the 16 gigs of RAM. I think you're looking and I think with the um, the uh, Magic Folio keyboard, you're looking at about twenty three hundred dollars. Now, that may be a lot (laughs) because uh, my especially when you can get an M1 MacBook Pro 13 inch. Right. Starting for about, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that does do a, 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 you know, like I mentioned before, Apple, they've blurred the line a little bit, but they haven't blurred it completely. You know, again, you know, there are some use cases for a full blown Mac OS computer, uh, as nice as his iPad is, there is a differentiator. So, but at the same time, a lot of people just doing email, you know, a lot of people just doing collaboration, they may look at this iPad Pro as some as the go-to. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that is it for all of the things that Apple announced. Uh, they did announce a uh, Apple Podcast subscription service to where uh, creators like us, you know, if we wanted to offer a premium subscription, users can now do that via Apple Podcasts. You know, traditionally, you know, a lot of creators have went to things like, okay, well, you know, like we use Patreon or, you know, if you wanted to, you know, use any other sort of service. Now, more people who are familiar with Apple's platform, you know, creators can actually uh, provide a premium subscription to where you can get extra content. You can get additional uh, podcasts or whatever the creators want to come up with. Uh, The reason why I brought this up is because, again, we're creators, you know, we offer a subscription to get premium content for our podcast. Um, but if that's something we want to look at offering um, Apple users, since we are a Apple themed show, 
that's something that we can look into. But again, I wanted to uh, <laughs> put in some of this information the because, caveats. right? Uh, with it, if if we were developers and we created an iPad or an iPhone app, you know, and we offered it as a fee or a subscription service, Apple takes thirty percent cut of that off the top. Well, the same applies to if we wanted to offer a premium subscription to our podcast, Apple's going to take 30% of the cut of that. And in addition to that, something I looked into, uh, if we wanted to join or be a part of Apple's podcasters program that gives us all these neat and fancy tools, one of which is giving the ability to offer a premium subscription, we got to pony up $20 a year for that as well. But again, conversely speaking, you know, more people are going to feel more familiar. More people are going to feel uh, are going to trust Apple more to where there may just be something as simple as adding a button onto a podcast. And people may be more comfortable to actually click that button versus going to some external site, creating an account and going through all these other play, uh, uh, ways to actually subscribe to a, you know, to a show versus where they can hear they can just click a button and they've already got their credit card linked. So And it's already built in. Yeah. It's already built in. So even though Apple taking a thirty percent cut and we have to come up with a fee a year to use all their tools, that still may come out a positive on our end if we can get more people to actually sign up by just clicking a button within the podcast service that they're already using, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's just interesting that I don't know what the, you know, the impacts in our show feeds to not only, you know, the Apple podcast app, but it feeds to Google play and it also feeds to um, Spotify. Spotify. Mm-hmm. So if we did have any premium, if we did decide to go with the premium subscriptions, we would likely only be able to put that um, easily on our end you know, through Apple Podcasts. So if we have any other users, uh, listeners, you know, to get that premium content, it would probably have to likely only be in Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure, you know, what the guts look like, but it sounds like it may make it a little bit more difficult to offer that same content seamlessly, you know, the way we do now. Um, right. You're, tr- you're absolutely true. But <laughs> specifically, <laughs> With our show, since we are a Apple themed show, you know, we want people to come over to Apple anyway. Right. <laughs> so, you know, but I don't see uh, it being a well for our show, particularly, you know, if we want to make it uh, personal, you know, maybe the premium content for Apple subscribers wouldn't be as drastic or as uh, wide reaching um, maybe just an extra episode, uh, maybe it'd just be, you know, something, something at something valuable, but not as drastic as, you know, get a free t-shirt or get, you know, merchandise, you know, 20% off, you know, snob OS merchandise or whatever the case may be. Maybe some of these larger, uh, podcasts with larger subscribers, you know, they may be able to offer a wide range of, uh, op- options that you wouldn't be able to offer with an Apple. With an Apple, maybe you can just offer an extra interview or an extra podcast episode 
versus something on like a Patreon, you can offer like free merch or free tickets to a live show or, you know, all this other cool different things that you can offer that you wouldn't be able to do via Apple by just clicking a button. So there's a differentiation. But if we just wanted to get more listeners and we know we want to get Apple's listeners because they have a large amount of listeners who have already signed up on credit cards, Mm -hmm. you know, this may be the way to go. Yep. So with all of that being said and everything that was offered in this uh, spring loaded event, is there anything particular that you are uh, going to to purchase from this smorgasbord of of devices? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> like I mentioned in the pre-show, I've already used up some of my money to get into the <laughs> cryptocurrency game. So I've used that as an excuse to not have any money to splurge <laughs> and buy some of these products. But uh, I'll probably most likely get the air tags uh, because like I mentioned uh, on the DTNS show, I currently use the tile uh, system. I actually have a keychain that, you know, uh, organizes my keys. But in addition to that, it has the tile feature built into where if I ever lost my keys, I can open up my tile app and it uses their network of products to actually locate my uh, keys. But the, uh, benefit versus using air tags is the fact that it has that precision location because I do have a, a compatible phone and the battery, right? I don't have to charge my keys. Like right now, if I forget to charge my keys, the tile feature is useless because it doesn't have any power versus these air tags. I don't have to worry about replacing a battery for a whole year. So that's mm-hmm. definitely a feature that I'm definitely looking at. Um, I don't have a whole lot of things to track. You know, I've got my book bag, you know, I've made got I may if I wanted to maybe slide one of these air tags into my wallet and my keys. So but mm-hmm. that's three things right there. You know, my wife mm-hmm. has her purse. You know, uh we you know, if we ever travel, we may want to slide these into some luggage. So right there, I'm already a hundred dollars in for like the uh four pack for the air tags, which they have actual application that I would actually use. Yeah. The Apple TV I don't have a 4K television, so all this cool stuff, you know, I don't have 4K (laughs) uh, TV to take care of. My two, my three televisions are 1080p and they've been working just fine. So I ain't about to rock them. I don't need to spend, (laughs) I don't need to spend, you know, $1,500 to spend another $179 just to get an Apple 4K TV when, you know, my TVs work just fine. Uh, The iMac, I'm a, I'm in favor of mobility. So I'd much rather get a MacBook and just dock it into, you know, a third party, you know, a, a larger television or a larger monitor rather, and, you know, dock it to other things versus getting a static um, computer. I've never been a fan of, you know, static computers because, you know, you can get the same uh, functionality in a laptop and carry that around, move around versus being stuck in one position with the, the iMac and then the iPad Pro, uh, my my 11 inch iPad Pro from two generations ago works just fine. So I really, I, I've never really needed an excuse to buy stuff. But right now I'm at the stage now to where you know my current my current lineup of uh, Apple products, you know I'm, I'm happy with them. You know, so I'm not really you know itching to jump into spending eight hundred dollars for another iPad. Pro, even with the M1 chip, because again, uh, I'm just using my iPad for things like running the show. Like I'm looking at the show notes on my iPad and every once in a while when I want to sit in bed and, you know, check email, 
you know, I'm not spending $800 for that. <laughs> right. Again, I've never right. needed an excuse, but you know, the limited things I use my iPad for, you know, my current iPad works just fine. So what yeah. about you? Um, definitely the air tags. I'm definitely going to get a couple for myself and I think I'm going to gift a couple as well. Um, as I mentioned on the show, my mom asked about, you know, something to put on her keys so, you know, because she loses them all the time. And when she mentioned that, I was like, hopefully these air tags will come out. And there you go, because I've been, you know, it's hard to buy gifts, gifts for people these days because people pretty much have, you know, everything they need. So right. I think that's a, a different, you know, a different type of gift. Um, and I'm not sure about the new iPad Pro. You know, I have the 11 inch uh, first gen and it pretty much does everything I need it to. Right. So I'm on the fence. I guess it'll really determine, you know, when they release these new um, larger Macs. But at the same time, you know, if I'm going to get, you know, a new iPad Pro, I might as well get the M1, you know, 13 inch right. Pro. Right. Because the price isn't too much different. So, so yeah, I don't know. I'm on the fence, but definitely... Um, I'll be, you know, getting some air tags on Friday. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'll definitely line up for those as well. All right. So that is it for the lowdown section where we talk all things Apple event. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the second string where we talk all things tech in general. So are you in the market for a new vehicle? Would you ever consider an electric vehicle for your next uh, for your next daily driver? I actually am in the market for a new vehicle. I want an SUV. I've been doing a little bit of pricing online. I'm waiting until I get my second COVID shot to actually go out and do some test driving. Um, definitely um, electric vehicle is on my list. I thought I wanted a Tesla, Okay. Um, but I want an SUV more. And Tesla's SUV is pretty much to me is like a hatchback. <laughs> and I want something, <laughs> something a little bit bigger. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. I say that because uh, Cadillac has launched its first electric vehicle. Um, they did a uh, a um, a concept vehicle, I want to say, in the summer where they announced what the concept would look like. And it looks like the actual product, the production version won't look too much different than the actual um, um, concept that they announced back in August. So Cadillac's new Lyric EV will uh, be announced early, will be in production in early 2022, and it will start at $60,000, which actually, I want to say beats Tesla's model, uh, Ten. model Y, I think is what it is. I can't remember is what, it? is it a model, the model, model S. Is the S to sedan That's the car? The Model X the, is the, Model the X is yeah the is is the SUV, yeah. and I think um, Cadillac's Lyric uh, matches the the entry level price of the Model X, if not beats it at sixty thousand dollars. Of course, you know if you add in all the extra features like bigger wheels, sound system, you know your different interior, different exterior features, it'll probably get over sixty thousand dollars. But I'm actually surprised that Cadillac's first electric vehicle, the Lyric, will start at about $60,000 before uh, tax. So that was something kind of interesting. And I'm actually going to show our YouTube views, uh, viewers 
what this lyric actually looks like. So we actually put it up on the screen. I actually kind of flick through some of the actual pictures, you know, shows yeah, like was, there. Go ahead. Yeah, I was actually surprised um, when I first saw the price, um, because given that it's an electric vehicle, it's going to be a, a 2022 car and it's an SUV as well. The price tag isn't, you know, very shocking. No, absolutely. It looks like it's nice and spacious. Uh, just to read a couple other notes about the Lyric SUV. Uh, it is more than 300 miles of range out of the 12 model, 12 module, a hundred kilowatt version of Gen General Motors new flexible Ultimum, Ultimum EV battery pack. And like I mentioned, will be available in early 2022. So, um, there's a couple of SUVs out there. I think Porsche has an issue. Uh, now Audi has a uh, electric vehicle. Of course, we mentioned Tesla. Um, um, Ford has their Mustang uh, mm -hmm. SUV. And now Cadillac has their electric vehicle. So the reason why I brought this up is because Tesla has just owned the space for the longest for as so far long, as electric yeah. vehicles are concerned. Now other uh, manufacturers, like I mentioned, Ford, Audi, and now Cadillac has their own uh, versions of this crossover SUV. It's not a full SUV, uh, but you know the most popular SUVs out there are these smaller crossovers that have the second row. In some cases, maybe have a third row, but mm -hmm. you know it has that larger SUV, you know, room, more roomier, spacious feel that everybody is interested in now. So. Um, Competition, right? I, yeah. as much as I like Teslas, I definitely like the fact that there are other, uh, electric vehicles now out there that are giving, uh, Tesla a run for his money, which will, you know, uh, eventually works out for the consumer because again, competition, that means Tesla's going to work harder to differentiate themselves, which is going to force Ford and GM and, you know, all these other companies to step up their game to make, electric vehicles, you know, uh, more available, more attractive, more attractive <laughs> right? Because that's been my gripe for the longest, you know, electric vehicles, you know, especially American made electric vehicles have been ugly. And speaking <laughs> of GM, they have the, the Volt and the Bolt. Those are their electric cars and they aren't attractive. <laughs> Let's keep it a hundred. Those things are not attractive at all. They are not. I'm sorry, but they're not. And I think, before this was announced, I think they did the Hummer. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, they did. They, as well. Uh -huh. uh, I know LeBron is a spokesperson for that. One I am interested in, they don't talk about any type of charging. So I'm wondering, I don't know if the charging stations that say um, Tesla has, and you know, they're now charging stations popping up everywhere, like Target, you know, Whole Foods are different stores. Is the charging dock universal? Uh, that's a good buy question. buy a charging station? That's a good question. Some of the things, uh, excuse me, I'm a Steve. You know, some of the, yeah, thank you. So, so some of the features you know, that makes Tesla good is their charging system uh, and the availability because they've been out so long. Um, yeah, so that's something that this story, uh, this article that we got from The Verge doesn't mention anything about the charging network, 
uh, doesn't mention anything about, you know, the availability of, you know, home charging because, you know, Tesla does a good job. Again, like I mentioned, they've been out so long. So they've had the, 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 the runway to actually figure yeah. this out. Right. So and you know, try it out different ways to get it just perfect. Right. Right. So, so here's the one blurb that I was able to find from the story, the lyric, which is the name of GM's crossover, uh, Cadillac's crossover electric vehicle can charge at up to 190 kilowatts at public fast charging stations or up to 19.2 kilowatts at home uh, with an, in parentheses with the right, right, with the right equipment, which adds around 52 miles of range per hour. So that's all it mentions. It mentions public fast charging stations. So my guess is, is there the existing right, charging stations? It's, it's, will compa- work? it's compatible with the existing, um, with a number of existing public charging, mm-hmm. you know, outlets that are already out there. So I just brought that up to, to, to say that, you know, we're finally starting to get some competition yeah. uh, when it comes to electric vehicles. You know, Tesla has owned the space for a while, but again, they've owned the space. So what they say go, you know, I, we talked about a story um, uh, with the Daily Tech News show where they talked about another, you know, uh, crash and fire with the Tesla you know, the, I don't know what version was the sedan or the SUV, but I'm pretty sure. Well, what I was going to say was, I'm pretty sure Tesla won't mind the attention taken off of them when it comes to some of these incidents, because right now, anytime a Tesla crashes, it's front page news because Any type of self-driving, even though uh, in this article, it brings up uh, GM's new self-driving Super Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, anything like that has been solely on Tesla. Now that might be spread out a little bit Again, with some of these other car companies now. Right, right. So as much as Tesla probably loved the limelight, that is a gift and a curse. <laughs> right. All right, all right. So moving on in the second string, uh, this is thought I was a pretty cool story. Uh, Samsung lets users repurpose or upcycle their galaxy phones as smart gadgets. So basically instead of throwing away a smartphone that's too old uh, or a galaxy rather that's too old uh, or trying to recycle it, which may be more effort than it's actually worth um, Samsung, you know, they'll send out a piece of software to our older galaxy phone to where you can actually use it as a baby monitor so if you put the Galaxy smartphone in a room with your child or with your baby, you know, or with your newborn, you can actually use it to where it'll detect sound in the room and actually ping your other device to let you know that there's a sound going on. You know, no video, but just uh, audible sound or you can use it as a smart switch. You can actually use it to uh, turn off a smart light or turn off a smart television or do, you know, some of those smaller functions, you know, on and off. It won't mm-hmm. offer a whole lot of different functionality, but Dimming and light. Yeah. yeah and and all changing that. all yeah. the, you know, uh, changing the temperature in the room, you know, but you can actually use it as an on and off switch for like a light or a television or something like that. So I just thought that was pretty cool. You know, that, um, it's good for the environment. You know, we, uh, 
at what we didn't mention in, in, in the Apple event, you know, Apple does a good job of making sure they let people know that this iMac was made from recycle this and upcycle that mm-hmm. because our carbon footprint is this and we want to make sure we meet that. So it's cool to see that other companies like Samsung are trying to figure out other ways to save the planet. And one of the ways you can save the planet is by repurposing all of these devices that we have sitting around the house, you can actually use them for other things. So I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, this is really pretty smart, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, once, <laughs> once Nika lets us know that she has, uh, moved on and found somebody she's interested in to start a family with, maybe I'll find a, <laughs> she's laughing, <laughs> but maybe I can find an old galaxy smartphone and give it to her as a, a, a baby shower gift. She can use as a, as a baby monitor <laughs> if and when, <laughs> that time ever comes. That time ever comes. <laughs> Only Jesus knows. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, that, I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, the next story I got is um, uh, Whole Foods. Uh, a sp- whole spe- paycheck. Yeah, specifically. <laughs> you say whole paycheck. <laughs> uh, uh, a Seattle Whole Foods is going to get the Amazon Palm Reader payment system. So, for those who don't know, uh, Amazon has been experimenting with, uh, you want to talk about <laughs> digital payments mm-hmm. to where, you know, Amazon has been experimenting to where you can go through a whole grocery store, uh, pick up things, grab them, put them in your basket, put them in your cart and walk on out without even having to use any sort of mobile payments at all. So one of the things they've been using as far as biometrics is being able to use your palm and they register your palm you know, the actual print in your palm to where when you go up to the register, to actually pay for them, you can actually wave your hand across the kiosk or a, a, a point of sale system. Um, really, yeah. yeah. And actually pay for your goods and services. Right. So Amazon stores specifically in the Seattle area have only been experimenting with those. So now I guess Amazon who now owns whole foods is starting to expand that technology to actual Whole food stores again in the Seattle area, just as a trial system, but you know, just a indication of where things could possibly be going as far as uh, payments are concerned. But I guess I wanted to ask you, um, what do you prefer being able to use your actual biometrics like your fingerprint or your palm or even, you know, being able to read your eyes as proof of payment or would you uh, prefer? sticking to things like using your smartphone or being able to use your watch as a form of payment. Are you looking forward to biometrics like this or are you kind of worried whether go ahead. So I think um, this is even too much for me. Um, the whole waving of the hand to pay for things. Um, I like how I have Apple pay. Now I kind of point my phone does my face and and that's cool. I just uh I'm always a little leery about uh biometric data mm-hmm. and the companies that keep that. I mm-hmm. think we we know how well uh Apple does it. Um my concern would be the level of security that I would have with some of these other companies. I don't think I'm quite ready for that. Although I see this as being, you know, definitely the future of the way, you know, things are going to be handled. But as of right now, I 
think I'm good on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am all for, you know, I, I remember, you know, I can remember saying, well, you know, whenever they ch- put a microchip in your arm or in your wrist or in our palm, sign me up. But I've <laughs> since changed my ways. Um, I am comfortable with letting a company like Apple store my information and then using them as the intermediate between mm-hmm. actually, you know, storing my information with Apple and then using my Apple products, whether it be a phone, maybe be a watch or even like jewelry. I could see having a chip in like a ring or mm-hmm. having a chip in a bracelet, mm-hmm. something to where I can enter my information into that intermediary and then using that intermediary as a form of payment for, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I'm not really ready for me, (laughs) the person actually being a form of payment, right? Or a form of information, right? Of course, we've got fingerprints and we've got, you know, hand, you know, hand palms and we've got biometrics in the eyes that people are already scanning, but they're just using that to get data right now. I don't want to be able to (laughs) use myself as a form of payment yet. (laughs) Right. Because looking (laughs) at the, the article that we're reading, um, the system is called the palm electric palm reader is called uh, Amazon One, and in the article there they say quote customers who are new to using Amazon One can sign up at any Amazon One kiosk or device in participating stores and enrollment takes less than a minute. I don't know if I want to just drop off my biometrics at a kiosk in a grocery store. That kind of, uh, well, I don't well, know. Well, conversely, right? Um, think of travel, right? You go to clear and, you know, you have to register your handprint, you have to register your fingerprints. You know, once you go through that process, then, you know, if you're going to travel, you know, you can use your handprint and your biometrics to get on a plane. So it's, it's all that to say, you know, I don't, but, but at the same time, rather, I don't want to be the person that says, well, they already got your data. So you might as well go ahead and use this. You know, there are some use cases to where this would be beneficial, you know, Mm -hmm. but just be again, just because you can don't mean you should. Right. Right. Um, And it's one thing to walk through and get your face scan to go through the airport. It's another thing to have that face or biometric linked to a payment device. Right. Right. Your credit card, i.e. your checking account right. or whatever the case may be. That's that's where I think it really differentiates rather than, you know, you walk up to the, when you come through Border Patrol, they take your picture and they compare it to what's in the system or whatever. That's a bit different than yeah. using that tied to some actual currency. Right, because in your, in your uh, scenario, you know, uh, we have ID, right? Mm-hmm. You know, IDs can be forged. You know, uh, you know, you change, you know, you, the ID, the picture that you took, you know, the stats you took, you know, your height, your weight, your age, whatever, all that stuff changes that can't be duplicated as fast on a piece of identification versus me. I'm me. Right. So I want I in that case, in that scenario, I will want me to serve as identification of me versus, you know, a, 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 a ID that can be forged or somebody could look at it subjectively and say, you know, is this me passport, whatever the case may be, well, you're looking at me. So I would want uh, biometrics to be able to identify who I am versus using biometrics or me to actually make a purchase, you know, so there is a differentiator. So yeah, yeah, that makes a good point. 
All right. So the last thing I have uh, in second string is Instagram's new tools to let users filter offensive DM requests. So, you know, I am a <laughs> I'm a guy. Um, uh, I don't get too many people sliding in my DMs, but I can imagine as a woman, you know, on the Internet, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that <laughs> experience is a little different, you know, so yes. I'll just go ahead and read through some of the highlights and I'll just get your opinions on this. So basically with these new uh, tools from Instagram, um, it lets users filter words, phrases and emojis that might signal abusive content, which will also include calming the spellings of those key terms. Sometimes you should try to invade filters. So you think of, you know, people kind of you, you know, the word porn instead of trying to sneak past somebody filtering the word porn, they may spell it different like prime or they may use a zero instead of the O, you know, that sort of thing. So Instagram's new tools is trying to, you know, let users filter out some of those phrases that people use to DM people. You know, to, to circumvent right. being, you know, caught. Right. And then the other thing users can actually do is they can proactively block people, even if they try to contact the user in question over a new account. So if somebody, you know, if you block an account, you know, uh, a user can't then make a new account to try to connect to you that way either. either. So, you know, Instagram, all that to be said, Instagram is trying to make it easier for people to do a better job of filtering out the type of content that they want, whether it be publicly, you know, via public posts or privately via a DM, because you assume that, okay, well, publicly, you know, people are going to comment because that's public, but in private, I should have more control, you know, or people who reach out to me, you know, would assume I want them to reach out because it's actually an actual direct message. You know, again, I'm not a woman. I'm assuming that experience of getting DMs is totally different. So I'll just take your, you know, get your input on uh, this feature like this, how you think this could uh, benefit you, you know, specifically or just you in general as a woman, you know, with, you know, getting all the quote unquote sliding in the DMs. Yeah, I definitely think it's, it's going to be helpful because people do use, you know, certain, you know, changes in words to get around these filters and being caught. Um, so I definitely think it is helpful. Um, and if you look at it on the surface level of you don't want just random people sliding in your DMs, of course, that's definitely beneficial. But when you think about it in the broader context of cyberbullying, um, mm -hmm. if you think about kids or, mm -hmm. you know, um, teenagers, um, if someone's trying to get out of abusive relationship, it kind of helps that person right. not be able to track them and stalk them. So if, you know, you can look at it on the lighter end of saying, I don't want all these random people dropping pics in my DMs or sliding up in there um, to, you know, some more serious type um, issues as it relates to cyberbullying and um, someone being harassed and abused online. So right. um, I think, I think what they're learning is they're adapting to the workarounds of the way people get around these type of filters. Mm -hmm. After they do this, of course, people, some people are just, you know, garbage and they'll find a way to circumvent this. And then they'll go in, reassess, and they'll, you know, it's like a iterative thing. It keep it never dies because people will find ways to be awful just to be awful. And these, I'm glad to see 
you know, at least some of these um, companies are starting to take a more proactive approach to say, okay, we know this is what people are doing to circumvent our current security measures. So now we have to up our game and change it a bit to keep pace. And I'm just glad they're now finally starting to try to keep pace with the way that people circumvent these types of rules. Or, or <laughs> knowing Facebook, and we talked about this story before uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, they're trying to make people feel better about letting their kids use Instagram. Because as we mentioned, Instagram for kids is coming, right? Instagram for kids is coming, right? So they're like, all right, well, let's let people know that, hey, you can do all these extra settings and all this extra privacy and security settings to make sure you feel good about using Instagram because we want your kids to use Instagram, too. But again, that's just me being a cynic. <laughs> but both things can be true at the same time. <laughs> but as a benefit, you know, people can do a better job of filtering the type of content they get publicly and now privately with uh, direct messages. Yep. All right. So that is it for second string. Uh, let's move into for the culture where we talk all things culture, whether it be social media, whether it be culturally relevant or just in general, probably the thing that has taken up most of the week as far as news is concerned on a socially conscious level is uh, the Derek Chauvin trial uh, for those who uh, hopefully for those who don't know, hopefully you do know, uh, Derek Chauvin was a police officer who killed George Floyd back in, what was that, June? Uh, it was summer 2019? Yeah. No, uh, it was just this past summer. Uh, was it this past summer? Yeah, 2020, uh, back oh, in wow. June, you know, because we were in the pandemic, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yep. So he was finally brought to trial a couple weeks ago, and uh, the the jury uh, found him guilty on all the charges. So he was, uh, I don't have the information in front of me, but he was brought up on, you know, multiple manslaughter charges. Um, it was a murder charge, I think. Um, manslaughter. It was a murder charge, manslaughter. I think it was two different manslaughter charges. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So they found him guilty of all of those charges. You know, I think a lot of us were, uh, most of us were relieved. Uh, some of us were surprised, you know, uh, I'll take, you know, per present company included, you know, I was a little bit skeptical that they was going to, uh, find him guilty at all because, you know, you need a unanimous, uh, uh, decision from 12 jurors, yep. you know, to find somebody guilty or, you know, but you only need one to have a hung, hung jury or, you know, maybe even less to acquit him of all the charges. So, you know, previous uh, cases, Trayvon Martin, you know, Eric Garner, Breonna Taylor, you know, just to name now a few. Dante Wright. Right. Some of all of those, you know, no, no charges were even brought to the police. And if they were, they were found not guilty of any of those charges, with the exception of the Minneapolis officer. Um, I want to say his Black name. Officer. You're right. Muhammad Amour, I think was his name. You know, they they convicted him quick, fast in a hurry and gave him like the max <laughs> pretty quickly. You know, for yeah. those who don't know, you know, happened in the same city, Minneapolis, you know, two officers, Muhammad and another officer responded to some sort of call. Uh, a young lady, young white lady, you know, according to police officers, you know, came up to the car and surprised them. They were caught off guard. Muhammad Amour um, responded, you know, and, and shot and eventually the young lady 
uh, died of her, you know, wounds, you know, from that uh, shooting. And she he was convicted. Right. You know, so it, it again, not to try to bring race into it, but, you know, but a lot to of bring race into it. But the reason why a lot of people were relieved is because finally the system works for us. This is just one example, one of very, very few, but one example where a case that should have been as simple, as open, as open and closed as they come. We've seen the video throughout the trial that was going on the past couple of weeks. They brought all this testimony. They brought in these specialists. They brought in the, you know, the, the scientists, they brought in doctors, the experts, experts. Yeah. They brought in the doctors. They brought in all the, the people who, officers. and that's what I was going to get to. They brought in all of the people who witnessed it live in real time. They had the video, right? They had the video. And in addition to that, they had former police officers protest or not protest, um, maybe not speak out directly against Derek Chauvin, Chauvin but, you know, uh, uh, came up with the, 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 the facts that his actions weren't in alignment with any sort of, you know, actual standards when it comes to apprehending, resisting, things of that nature. So all of that and still a lot of us were skeptical, like, I don't know if this is going to stick. Right. So that was (laughs) so the fact that it did stick, you know, again, a lot of people were surprised. Uh, A lot of people were surprised. A lot of people were relieved. But I guess the question I want to ask you in general is, was there any lessons to be learned from uh, the trial uh, and the actual conviction of Derek Chauvin, in your opinion? Um, yes. So I wanted to, I found all the charges. It was second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. Okay. Um, for the first charge, it's up to 40 years as the max. And for the second charge of third degree murder, it's a 25 year max. And for the third one, the third degree um murder is for up to 10 years no i'm sorry for the second degree it's up to 10 years so if you do the max of each of these three charges he's looking at about 75 years right so he has Um, has to go to to get sentencing for that and that's in like a couple of weeks so yeah right but i think what we learned from this is um justice wasn't served it was accountability in this one case. Yeah, good point. Um, because it speaks to the fact that we were definitely relieved that he was convicted, um, similar to what happened with the police officer who killed um, Laquan McDonald in um, Chicago, I believe. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Um, he was going to be convicted. I was, I was relieved that he was. I think a lot of us felt relief. But what it goes to show is you have to have it, the murder on video. You have to have all these experts come in. You have to have a nine-year-old who witnessed this come in and get on the stand. You have to have the 17-year-old girl who recorded the video come on stand. It took a perfect storm <laughs> effort for this to even come to pass. So what we've learned is that systemic racism and um, systemic police tactics sometimes work. Right. But it has to be the perfect storm for it to work. 
And for the fact that we have this case settled, there are three other police officers who are charged in his murder as well that mm-hmm. we still have to go through. Ah, good we point. We still have to go through Ahmaud Aubrey's mm-hmm. uh, case. Even though it wasn't the police, it was still the killing of an unarmed black man. Mm-hmm. Now we have Dante Wright, mm-hmm. uh, who was murdered by a 25-year veteran uh, police officer who mistaken, I'm using air quotes for those who are listening, to um, who murdered, who mistaken her taser, her gun for her taser, who killed um, this gentleman, this 20-year-old, um, you know, barely an adult, um, for a traffic stop for having, uh, you know, something in his window. Right, and, and and there's two other cases, right? That just came up. There's another kid. Um, I can't think of where. Right, he was chased by a police officer. Now he had a gun, but uh, no. court. Well, he he got rid of the gun before he turned around to face police, put his hands up again, split second decision. You know, now he has uh, killed and now we're trying to figure out, you know, right. Yeah. He's 13 year old. Now they're trying to figure out if he had the gun, when he had the gun, what's going on. And then like yesterday, same as the, uh, as the verdict was coming down for Chauvin is when um, 16 year old, Makaya Bryant. Mm-hmm. She was, was killed by a police officer and was shot the, to the chest. Right. And the police, right. And the police released that tape quick. So that was one of the things I wanted to say. Um, what we've learned is, you know, this video, you know, now is like the, whether it's recorded by civilians or actually police releasing their own footage, it's almost like they can't. They police officers, police unions, police departments can no longer kind of stall or delay or kind of talk around these issues when it happens. You know, yeah. now it's like they you it they're almost forced to release Immediately this. Release it. Right. And that without goes to, framing any special context. Because right. a lot of times they like to kind of get their stories together, right. get right. things lined up and then do the press conference. Right. Now it's like nope. You had on body cam, right. show us the video. So there is some transparency that's starting to be, you know, uh, 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 shared sooner than later before, like you mentioned before, the uh, the police officers get the ability to tell their story, right? Mm-hmm. But at, you know, conversely, you know, sounds like much of anything has not changed. I don't know if it's police training I don't know what it, I don't know if it's, well, I mean, I, you know what it is, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I, in the, the last case, the last two cases, it just seems in all of the cases, right. It just seems like there's so many more, again, I'm not a police officer. I've never been in that sort of life or death situation. I've never had to make that sort of a split second decision that somebody's life could be lost. But just looking at some of the footage of these last two cases, it just seems like there's so much more they could have done. They could have done. I mean, especially with the thing with Micaiah Bryant, mm -hmm. she called them because there are people I think this we don't know exactly. It was either there were people fighting in her yard Mm -hmm. or people coming to jump her and she had a knife trying to protect herself. And then the guy just rolls up and pops four in her chest. Yeah. It's like, 
it, it just seems like in all those cases, there's so much more the police could have done to de-escalate the situation. But There's so much they have done in other situations that were much more dire. Right. And the folks come out unharmed. And, and it just so happens to be right. that in all of those instances, the individuals are right. not black. Right. So it just seems like, like I said, I don't know if it's a training thing. I don't know if it's a defund the police. I don't know if it's abolish the police or reform the police, you know, more training. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like it has to be something. It, it, it has to be something to be done because, you know, just going back and looking at the transparency, going to look back at the footage that is now readily, readily available in a lot of these cases. It just seems like that person had to lose their life because of that instance. Now in the last, the last case, what's the, what's the young lady's name again? Makaya Bryant. In my opinion, I've been, I watched the footage and I've, uh, thought about it. And mm-hmm. personally, my personal opinion, everybody failed that young lady. Everybody failed her. Um, for those who don't know the information and the kind of, from what I've read or heard about the story, the young lady was being picked on. She was getting beat up, bullied, bullied not cyber bullied, actually getting bullied, you know, pushed around, possibly getting beat up by multiple people mm-hmm. went in the house to either a get the knife and, or call the police went back outside. I don't know if it was a pride thing. I don't know if she was getting peer pressured, went back out to confront these people. Cause it wasn't just one person. It was a group of them. It was a group of people, kids and adults. And adults was out there by the time the police pulled up, she's back outside a crowd of people around. She knocks one girl down. The police pull up as she's going to attack another girl with the knife in her hand. And like, that's when Nika mentioned the cop got out and instead of, instead of alarming everybody with the alarm from the police officers, Getting on the bullhorn and saying, hey, what is everybody doing? What's going on? Everybody stop. Instead of him tasering her, which again, in the other case with Dante, you know, the officer. There was no need in that case to pull out a taser or anything. Right, right. But in this case, he could have. There are so many things that seemed like he could have done. He pulled up and said, hey, 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 and then shot the girl again. Like I said. I've never been I've never been in a situation, but it just seems like with this police, I don't know if it's a power trip. I don't know if it's psychological. Or it's a combination of all of it. Yeah, it could be a combination of racism. It could be a combination of ego. It could be a, a issue of training. It could be issue of psychological evaluations. But all that to say, most people feel that there's so many things that could have been done to where those people could have been alive today and they're not. And that is a problem. So again, George Floyd should be alive. All of Aubrey should be alive. Breonna Taylor should be alive. Dante Wright, Adam Toledo, mm-hmm. all of these people should be alive, especially when there have been instances that have been much more dangerous where folks come out alive and, and get arrested. And, and it's just, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. So, to have to continue to go, you know, especially black folks, 
you know, the world doesn't stop when something happens specifically to black people. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about something like a terrorist attack or something that involves, you know, all people of all races, then it gets, you know, some focus and attention. But you're talking about very specific, mostly black. And in Adam Toledo's case, I think he he was the brown. um, He was brown. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what his actual race was. But it just, we have to deal with this stuff and continue to go into work and meetings and people just talking about, hey, you know, I'm going to barbecue this weekend. And it doesn't really, you know, impact them. And I think, you know, the PTSD of it all that, you know, black and brown people have to, to deal with in addition to people who could have been my family member, your family member you know, are being, you know, murdered in the street. Right. Right. And, you know, again, like, like, like you mentioned, you know, in the case where the young lady was, you know, getting bullied, she called the police, right? Yeah. She called them to come help her. Right. And they ended up killing her. Right. So, you know, that, that serve and protect is like that duality that you mentioned, you know, with, with black people, you know, we want to, we want to go to police for protection. You know, we want the police to be, you know, protectors in the community. You know, we want them to, we have family members, we have brothers and sisters and uncles, uncles and aunts and all these people who, you know, love their jobs and they love being cops and they are the good apples in the bunch, you know, but at the same time, it's like in her case, it's like, now it's like, can we even call the police when things like this happen? Because we don't know what that officer that police, that cop, you know, what their mindset is, what their attitude is, what, mm-hmm. whatever trauma, whatever you want to call it, whatever they have going on, right. even just in their own day. We don't know if it's having a bad day. Right. We don't know if they're going to bring that into this situation. And again, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, you know, unlike other people who can call the police and feel pretty safe that the police are going to protect them. Come and actually listen Diffuse the situation, have a conversation and not just come out guns blazing. Right. It is a it is a crapshoot. And and that shouldn't be the case with police officers. You know, it should not be. I'm making a, you know, I saw a um, 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 I was getting my vaccine mm-hmm. and I was sitting and waiting and I was watching a video of a couple they were a food truck owner. Oh, the food truck people. Yeah. yeah. So they, uh, this young couple, you know, black couple, they were uh, food truck owners. Something was wrong with their truck. They were sitting in a place waiting on a part or doing something. And so I think the one you're talking about, they were using that space. Yes, that's what it was. The food was like a kitchen, right. a shared kitchen space right. that they'd been using before right. and the people knew them. Right. So they were in, you know, doing their food prep to go then go out on their food truck. Uh, a gentleman, a white guy, I don't know who he was, where he I came he from. The space. I don't know what he was, but he came, you know, uh, while the husband was gone. The husband was out doing something with the truck or something. He was getting something fixed on the truck. Right. And she was meeting with the guy. She was meeting. Kitchen. She was meeting with the guy. And he was, I don't know. He's mentioned he something. With all lives t-shirt. Right. And, and it was just a bunch of the, crap. The wife felt uncomfortable. She called the husband and said, hey, can you come back? Uh, there's this guy here. I'm uncomfortable. The husband dropped what he did, came back, sat down with the guy. And in the video in the space, 
the guy reaches, the white guy reaches for something. Uh, I'm, I don't know if it was a weapon, whatever the case may be. The husband grabs okay. the guy, r- grabs him and holds on to him and tells the wife, call the police. And the mm-hmm. wife actually hesitated. hesitated and thought about if I call the police, what is going to happen? She ends up listening to the husband because he tells her multiple times because he's wrangling with this guy he who has this guy for like 15 minutes. Right. He has a weapon and he's telling her yeah. to call the police. She hesitates. She thinks about it. Finally calls the police. When the police show up, she stops them at the door. Let me, let me tell you what's going let on. Let me break down the situation. Please do not kill my she husband. The police, you know, come in, assess the situation, help the husband, you know, disarm the guy. He goes to jail, gets out on bond, mind you, the very next day. But the whole point of the case we're trying to make is she shouldn't, the the wife, black people in general should not have to make a life or death situation when they're faced with a life and death situation on whether or not they should call the police officers. It's like you're, you, you, you're struggling with this issue. And you have to make a whole nother whole set of reason and rationale as to whether or not you want the police who's supposed to protect you, whether or not they're going to protect you or not. And that's just a duality. Do I want this man to kill my husband or do I want the police to kill my husband? Right. That's pretty much what she was weighing. Right. Because she didn't know if they came in and saw that situation, if they were going to overreact and assume that he was the perpetrator and not believe her. But that's. Unfortunately, that's a duality mm-hmm. that black people have in this country mm-hmm. every single day. It's honestly death or death decisions because you don't know how either one is going to play out. The person who's act, the perpetrator who's actually trying to harm you or whether the police are going to come in and harm you. And right. it shouldn't be that and way. It should not be that way. People feel comfortable. They'll call the police in a heartbeat. Right. Because they have a reasonable expectation that they will be protected. Right. And again, that should be across the board. Universal. You either treat everybody fairly or you treat nobody fairly. Now, nobody. Treat like I, can't, treat, yeah. I can't think of one black person who says, who feels in their heart of hearts that police should go around killing white people at the same clip that they kill black people. That's just inhumane. Nobody's asking for that. But at the same time, we have seen cases to where mm-hmm. white people have pulled weapons Guns tried to run them on police officers and police officers did their job. And it's like, why can't police officers do their job all the time? Again, we don't know if it's psychology. We don't know if it's racism or it could be all those things. Right. But at the same time, you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same. So we just hope that with this guilty verdict with Derek Chauvin, that at the very least police officers make that same game time decision that we make when we call them. It's like, okay, if I go into the situation and I have to pull out my gun to neutralize a threat, am I willing to deal with the repercussions of that? For the longest cops have never had to make that choice. Now, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they think about this the same way we have to think about calling the police when we're faced with a situation. Yeah. So that's my, what have we learned? (laughs) So that's enough of that. Yeah. Let's let's uh, and I was going to do this in the pre-show, but I decided to put it to for the culture because we did. <laughs> I would I I believe we would need to pick me up from dealing with this whole Definitely. subject, this heavy topic, right? Yeah. So let's move on to the latest verses 
this was uh, a personal one that I actually watched all the way through because this is the music I listened to when I was in college. Uh, the latest verses, Red Man versus Re- Method Man. For and 420. for 420, uh, these two brothers have been known to partake of the Mary Jane personally and uh, professionally in their music. You know, they <laughs> have a movie together called How, how High, high. <laughs> where they discussed how, <laughs> you know, how many how, ways they can get high. Right, right. Um, so, you know, it was cool the fact that they were able to do it on 420, you know, um, one of the things that I noticed that was totally different than any other verses I've ever seen was this was actually a concert. This was a performance. We've seen other verses to where, you know, the artists actually perform their music. You know, you think of uh, um, uh, Gucci Mane and uh, um, who was the other Yeezy. one? And Wheezy. Jeezy. You think of um, Two Chains and who did he do his with? Um, was it Rick Ross? Yes. You know, they, yes, they did their own songs. You know, one person did their song, another person did their song, did it kind of did a little bit of a backstory. You know, we, who can forget the verses between, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire and the Isley Mm -hmm. Brothers where Steve Harvey affixed himself in the middle as being the narrator and the, the, the host and, you know, the, you know, put himself in the middle of it. But, you know, they all did their, their, did their songs uh, Red Man and Method Man put on a, a concert. Yes. They actually did a concert. Uh, and I was here for all of it. Exactly. Um, most of the songs that they did, you know, were intertwined because they were a, a super group. A at, duo. Right. And they still do. According, and they were separate. You know, yeah. Ac- according to them, they still do concerts together. You know, they, they had their, you know, skits to where they would do their performances. You know, they had mm-hmm. dance steps that they were doing in lockstep with each other. So it and was. just talking you know, to each other, you know, because they they did a segment on Luther Vandross. It was like, you know, and Meth started and it's like, this is how old cats be dancing with their girls. So it was just so much fun and lighthearted. They sounded so good. These young mumble rappers, right? They couldn't have done that. <laughs> and you know, again, you know, this this music that they they did for the most part was in the '90s, middle to late '90s. But the 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 lyrics, you know, like you mentioned, were crisp and clear and you could put the 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 music, the the songs that they sang, you could lyrically speaking, you could put it up to any music that's out now yep. and it would be on par. The subject yep. matter, the the content, you know, the 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 lyricism, the delivery, the flow. you know, you, you, yeah. you think of you think of your um J. Cole's and you think of um what's the other popular uh cats out now uh that are known for lyricism. Um what's the guy out west popular one? Uh Travis Scott? No, no. no, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, right? You think of J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar as the two and Drake, right? Uh two or three of the top tier of, you know, art rappers and artists out now. That but, are actual lyricism. Right, right. But you Red Man and Method Man, some of the content that they had, it's it's I appreciate specifically Red Man, right? Yeah. I appreciate him because he doesn't take himself so seriously. Nope. He was having fun. He has a good time. He was having a good time last night. He has a good time in his songs. Yep. There was one video of <laughs> of Red Man's to where 
there's one particular scene to where I don't know if it was from a movie or not, but there was this young lady riding on a bike or something. She's trying to get their attention and runs into a car or something like that. And yep. it's just, it's, it's, it's silly and it's goofy and, it's and it's fun. Right. So you could definitely tell they were having a good time. Yeah. They brought out, you know, red man, oh. uh, method man brought out some of the Wu Tang, you know, inspector deck and Capadonna and, uh, um, Redman brought out EPMD. You know, mm-hmm. they had some beef for a long time, uh-uh. you know, and they were able to come together, do some songs. Keith Murray came out and did, did with his popular songs, you know, a uh, bunch of people came out. So it was a gang of people that came and they did their songs, some of the songs we love. And it was just a good time. It wasn't even a verses at all. You know, even in some, most of the verses are just a celebration of the people's music, but people were keeping score, you know, people were kind of like well i like uh monica they, over brandy you know part part yeah personally you know you could tell people were fans you know if you go in and watch the comments you could tell somebody was more of a fan of this person than mm-hmm. more of a fan of that person you know but this was not that vibe at yeah. all because yeah. you know that they truly loved each other you could mm-hmm. tell truly love that they love the music that they made and they appreciated their fans and the fans appreciated them yeah. you know and i thought it was a good time and <laughs> some last thing i wanted to say about it was you know the way they did their performance you know this was the performance that Teddy Riley envisioned <laughs> when he, That's what he thought his was he was trying to do early on in the verses with his performance that Redman and Method Man actually did. And this is a quote that I came up with. Teddy Riley crawled so that Red and Meth could fly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just it was just a good time. Like I said, I yeah. this is probably the first uh, or one of few uh, verses that I actually watched front to back. You know, mm-hmm. I put put my put my son in the bath, you know, lotioned him, you know, put him in the bed, you know, all while you know keeping one eye on my iPhone. So you know, it was just a good time. You know, I knew most of the songs again. Like yeah. I mentioned, this is music I listened to when I was in high school and college. You know, so it, it was a nice throwback. And this is definitely the verses we needed for the day that we had. Right, and, exactly. You know, the things that were going on. And also, I would be remiss if I did not mention all of the thirstiness of the <laughs> one and only Method Man that was on my timeline. Uh, in the chats, I was an active participant in, in the thirstiness. Both of those scenarios <laughs> now my he chat my group chats were lit for meth, meth yeah for him to be 50 years old life. you know he's definitely in shape <laughs> yes he is yeah long time long time <laughs> he's been fine but yeah well yeah. so yeah like you mentioned that was what we needed you know in addition to just the whole civil unrest and civil anxiety that was going on you know we had dmx pass you know we had black rob pass okay. you know and they okay. You know, um, they that, definitely shout out them out. Yeah. And, you know, shout out all the people who have recently passed, you know, Fife Dog, you know, uh, a lot of people who have all the old heads. That yeah. We and, you know, I don't know if it's poor health. I don't know if it's just age, but we are getting at an age. Because they're all you, in their 50s. Right. We, me and you specifically are getting at an age oh. to where all the people we listen to as kids are getting old to where they are starting to have issues <laughs> with their health. You know, or mortalities. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's a weird time to be in, you know, because we're hearing about all these people, 
you know, and we're upset because they're our childhood heroes, but they're getting up there, you know, yeah. to where you, sh- you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, we, we, we should start to expect to see some of these people start to pass. So I think that's important that we make sure we recognize people, you know, who we've grown up when to flowers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm you never know. Max was able to get his right. with, you know, Snoop before he passed. And I just think of, we often forget that during the nineties and the early two thousands, People were being hella reckless. It was <laughs> yes, the they were. Wild and fun times that was going on, and you know, stuff catches up to you, especially yeah. if you're still trying to to live that lifestyle or things you did right. in your youth that may have some, you know, long term repercussions. You know, and right. it's just it's really it's really unfortunate. Right. So all that to say, you know, is is good to see. You know, Method Man in shape. Yeah, <laughs> and it's good. And to see. even Red was in. Right, you know, right. He he looks good. Yeah, as yep. well. Mm-hmm, yep. You know, taking care of themselves physically. You know, we yeah. again, we don't know what's going on personally. You know, or you know, internally. But they the the performance they gave for two fifty year olds. Yeah. yeah, that was good to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was yep. a good time. I had fun. All right, good, good, good. All right, so let's. Moving on from folder culture before we end the show um, is the hookup where we, you know, give any sort of tech tips or any new finds. So I mentioned earlier on in the um, the Apple event that in addition to the new Apple 4K uh, set top box, there is a Siri remote that will come along with the Apple TV if you go actually go to purchase the Apple TV. Well, actually, you can purchase the new Siri remote separately for $59. And that's going to be my hookup tip for the week. So if you are one of those people who hate the current Apple TV remote and you want something more interactive, you want to get rid of that. You want something more controllable with the home button, you know, with the mute button to replace your actual television remote. when you're watching Apple TV, you can actually purchase the Apple TV separately. So in addition to the air tags that I'm going to um, purchase when they are announced, I'm probably going to get at least one of the new uh, Apple TV, the Siri remote to test that out because we do in my, in my family room and in, in, in the guest room, I have my gaming system and the Apple TV connected to my uh, guest room television and in the family room, I have uh, a Apple TV and we have uh, the kids entertainment system, the Nintendo Switch. So we have to switch through the inputs to get Mm -hmm. to that. So this Apple TV Siri remote doesn't have an input button, so you can't change the inputs yet. But in my bedroom, the only thing we have hooked up to it is the Apple TV. So I'm definitely going to buy this new Siri remote separately to try out in our bedroom to see how I like it. And if, if it works out well, then I may look at you know, uh, adding it to some of the other televisions. So if you are interested in the Siri remote, my hookup for the week, uh, when it is available, you can purchase the new Siri remote separately for $59 from Apple store. So that is my hookup for the week. And Nika, if you don't have anything else, uh, we're going to end out the show on that note. Uh, we definitely appreciate you watching and listening for uh, continued support. You can download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, and we're on Spotify. If you want to uh, engage with us on social media, we're on 
Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at the handle at SnobOSCast. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, you can watch us at the handle at SnobOSCast. Uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment, boost our ratings that way. Uh, you can leave us comments and suggestions. You can do so on the web at snobowestcast.com. And you can leave us an email. We're at snobowestcast at gmail.com. Uh, most importantly, you can support the show. If you go to patreon.com forward slash snobowestcast, you can get access to our live show. You can get access to the show early. We are pre-show taping and you get access to our community for as little as $5 a month. Definitely support the show that way. If you don't want to do a monthly commitment via Patreon, you can give us a love offering via PayPal. If you go to paypal.me forward slash snobos, you can give us a one-time donation. Let us know if we're doing good. Uh, other than that, I think that is it for the week. Um, we are out. We will see you later. Peace. Bye.